it's almost over. 2020 is almost over. We are counting down the final hours, and here to help you do it are all the funny skits of our show from 2020, including a few with animation from our talented animator, Maxime Conrardi. If you want to watch them and you're not currently driving, piloting a SpaceX rocket, or giving someone a vaccine, you can go to our website at www.historyofsexpod.com and check out this episode's post where you will be able to see it in video form with the animations. That's what we're having fun with today. I'm B.T. Newberg, and this is the History of Sex. History of Sex is sponsored by Dr. Jillian Kenny, historian of women, sex, and magic in medieval Europe. All right, well, what a year, folks. Don't even get me started. But even though 2020 was a long year for so many reasons, it was actually kind of a short year for the show. We had just finished our first season, pumping out an incredible 40 episodes in just eight months, which is crazy, and that was part of our initial push with our launch. After that, I took a much-needed sabbatical with occasional releases to rest and recharge, but then, of course, pretty soon we all discovered that nobody in 2020 was going to get any rest, right? There was a pandemic, the election, and you know, the rest. So we're going to say goodbye to all of that with some fun skits. Before we get started, I do have a few updates. Just kind of want to pull back the curtain a little bit and let you in on my life. For my wife, Rachel, and I, like everybody, it was quite a year. The Thai exchange student that we were hosting had to go home early because of the pandemic, and we got him on a flight just in time before things really hit the fan. And when he arrived in Bangkok, they put him in this special quarantine vehicle because he was coming from the USA. And he sent us a photo of it. It was kind of funny. It was this white, unmarked van, like he was getting abducted by the CAA or something. Anyway, he spent two weeks in quarantine at home, and he's fine now, and has just been accepted into university, actually, so way to go, kid. Then, of course, there was the murder of George Floyd, which happened right in our backyard of Minneapolis, and our city council actually voted to defund our police. That has actually fizzled considerably since then. Eh, they never really came up with a very detailed plan, and, you know, despite some movement still happening, it is not at all clear what the outcome will be on that front. Anyway, catching up on the racial justice movement occupied a lot of my time, and I still may do a series on gender and policing as a sort of spin-off of my studies there at some point, although that one is coming along rather slowly, so we'll see. Those were the real biggies for us this year. I'm sure there were many other biggies for you out there. Well, in any case, as far as the future of this show is concerned, I have a little update. Well, we've pretty much settled into a schedule of one episode per month, often shorter in length, which is much more manageable of a workload for me. And we're doing more episodes now where we feature contributions from other podcasts, which not only helps with the workload thing, but also it expands the breadth of our content on offer to you, the listener, because 
I often don't have the expertise to get into some of the topics, especially like in other cultures across the world where it takes a lot of research to really make sure that you're getting it right and accurate. And there are a lot of other podcast hosts out there that can cover them much better than me. So we reach out to those podcast hosts and then we give it to you. So if you know of an episode by another show that you think would fit well on our show, or if you yourself are a podcaster and want to see your episode featured, by all means, hit me up. I want to hear from you. You can find me on social media as at History of Sex Pod. Thank you everyone so much for your support this year and your loyalty. I've been blown away by the response to this show. I've actually heard from multiple academics who are, believe it or not, including some episodes of this show in their university students' reading lists. <laughs> How awesome is that? So that's very encouraging. Again, thank you listeners so much. All right, that's it for the updates. Now let's have some fun. After a year like this, it's time to just take a breather with some funny skits. So right now, let's just celebrate the end of stinking 2020. Here are all the funny skits from our episodes this year. First up, from one of our most popular episodes, the first intersex in colonial America, Captain Kirk and the crew of the starship Enterprise take on the binary when they encounter a planet ruled by an overlord called Binarius. Captain's log, star date 1629.25, aboard the starship Enterprise. We have come upon a world strangely resembling that of Earth circa 17th century America. Spock and I are beaming down to investigate. Welcome, travelers, to our colony. Be it thou zero or one? I'm sorry, come again? Zero or one, which dost thou be? I am zero, and look, yonder is my daughter. She is one. Male and female, Captain. Yes, Spock, I got that. Come, child! So your daughter is beautiful. Ah, but I am not his daughter, am I, father? Oh, of course thou art, dear. No, I am not. I am not just one. I'm confused. Quiet, my child. Binarius will hear thee. Binarius will punish thee. No! 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 What happened? Where has she gone? She has been taken. Binarius, she will be determined. Then you must take us to see this Binarius. I am Binarius. What have you done with her? She will be determined. All sources of confusion must be eliminated. All are either zero or one. Why must all be either zero or one? To avoid confusion. Ah, but sex determination is itself a confusing thing. I put it to you that to deny this is to create further confusion. I am Binarius. Chromosomal variation, hidden ovarian tissue, undescended testicles. I am Binarius. By attempting to eliminate confusion, you have become a source of confusion. By your own logic, you must be eliminated. I am Binarius. 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 What didst thou do, travelers? I am confused. You are free now. And my daughter? I am here, father, but I am not thy daughter or your son. I am just 
thine. Time to go, Spock. Our work here is done. It may be time to review the crew uniforms when we return, Captain. Some question why they must wear miniskirts while others wear pants. Perhaps you're right. It's decided, then. You'll look good, Spock. In a miniskirt, Captain. <laughs> Folks, it has been a dark year, and we had some dark episodes this year as well. We concluded our epic series, Sex in the Third Reich, investigating the sexual ideology of Nazi Germany, and made light of some pretty heavy topics with a couple of black humor skits. The first one satirized the Nazi propensity for groupthink by comparing its notion of masculinity focused on comradeship to a certain children's show, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And here is our first skit today with, da-da-da, animation. Look out! Fall back! We can't win, unless... We must form Megafura. Each of us must transform and become one. Together, we will become the giant robot called Megafura. Form arms and legs. Form torso. Form head and mustache. Megafura forward! The other black humor skit from Sex and the Third Reich poked fun at Hitler's ruthless betrayal of his one-time bestie, Ernst Röhm, ostensibly for being gay, and we took a little bit of a quirky spin on it. This week on Berliner Hills 90210, Adolf runs for class president. But now he has to choose between friendship and body. Hey, Addy. And power. Oh my god, are you gonna vote for Adolf, whose best friend is gay? And along the way, he learns something about himself. Everyone, I have learned something about myself. It doesn't matter what your friends do, only who they are. And Ernst is a good man and a good friend. But friendship is not all that it seems. Hey, Addy. Addy. Hey, what, you walk right past me now? You've been acting all weird lately, ever since you became Chancellor. It's just, now I've got all these popular friends and... Oh, I see what this is. I'm not good enough for you, right? No, it's just... See you around. <sighs> Looks like Ernst and Adolf have a lot to work out. Don't miss the next drama-filled episode of Berliner Hills 90210. Well, after that, we moved on to some lighter topics like, oh, I don't know, centuries upon centuries of oppression against women. In particular, <laughs> we looked at how Europe appears to have forgotten female anatomy in our episode, Did Da Vinci Omit the Clit? Now, in the skit from that episode, a rogue investigator searches for the mysterious anatomical structure that he believes is out there.
telling you, Scully, I know what I saw. Mulder, to say that women have a hitherto unknown organ, it's crazy! There's nothing to support it! It was right there, a bump the size of a peanut, right above the sexual organs. Maybe it was a scar, a birthmark, it could have been anything. Listen to me, Scully, this thing exists. But how do you- It's a conspiracy to conceal the truth, and I'm going to find out what's at the bottom of it. But if she has one, then maybe I have one, and... Trust no one, Mr. Mulder. You know, the medieval mindset wasn't just marked by the mystery of the missing clit. It also saw men treating sex toys like rivals. We got the scoop on this from Dr. Jillian Kenny, historian of women, sex, and magic, and sponsor of this show. Why did men see sex toys as rivals? Well, the short answer is, in their patriarchal view, they could only really conceive of sex as penetration, and so... Something like, I don't know, oral sex between women didn't really bother them nearly as much as something like a dildo, which was penetration. And so even regardless of who was wielding it, even if it was just a woman herself, this was like a rival to them. And to satirize this attitude, we made a skit, which was admittedly featured in last year's compilation, but hey, it came out in 2020 and it does feature animation. So here you go. What? My queen? Uh, <clears throat> Tis I, your king. Um, my lord. Um, yes, come in. Are you quite all right, milady? I thought mine ears did hear a crying. A, a crying, you say? Tis surely the cry of battle, my lord. Is not the army of your rival the baron at our very gates? Well, yes, but tis another rival of which I wish to speak. Uh, forgive me, my lord, but surely none could be more pressing than that which pounds upon the gate. Well, yes, but tis another pounding of which I wish to speak. Uh, but could there be a matter more urgent than the ram which batters again and again at this very fortress? Well, yes, but tis a ram of another ca Say now, what is that behind thy back? Hmm? Oh, oh, what, this, this? Um, tis a gift. A gift? For me? Why, yes, my lord. Tis, um, a weapon. A weapon with which to smite thy rival. A weapon? Indeed, a holy weapon. Hmm. Tis the very cudgel of St. Cuthbert. <laughs> with what is it anointed? An oil most holy, my lord. To bless thy victory. Now, off you go. My dear, so sweet. You fill me with a yearning for victory. Just as I am filled with a yearning as well. A yearning which can only be satiated by seeing you off, off, off yes. now to battle. Yes, now to victory. Armed with a cudgel the likes of which there is no other. Indeed, no other. No other cudgels here. None. Save for one. <sighs> now, you simply cannot talk about 2020 without talking about the pandemic. 
vaccines are finally rolling out, but we're still at the height of it in terms of both cases and deaths, and we have to find some way to stay sane through all of this. And Rachel and I did so with music, as featured in our episode, COVID Cabana, Top 5 Ways to Have Fun Despite the Pandemic. Lawbreaker! Six feet, at least. My Corona! At the COVID, COVID Cabana! COVID, the swabless reindeer! Hard to have them swab his nose! As for the reindeer restaurants, you could even say they're closed! Here in my house, I feel safest of all. I can knock on my doors. It's the only way to live in house. Our house. With the minimum six feet. Our house. Hey, we can all have it. And this is crazy. Cause you can't get tested. But it's COVID maybe. Okay, Brandon. And finally, last but not least, this year we took a serious look at the radical punk of her day, the Flapper Girl. Now I know that she sounds innocuous and trivial to us today, but seriously, when you really go back and look at it, she was anything but. If you missed it, go back and listen to our episode, Flapper Girls vs. Nazi Octobombs, and you will see what I mean. This was actually part of our Sex in the Third Reich series as well, but I wanted to save it for last because I want to use this one to pose a question to you guys. This is a bit of a think nugget, and tomorrow I will actually be releasing a whole other episode where I will give you my thoughts on this question to further inspire you. But first, I want to hear yours. So here is the question. We are once again in the Roaring Twenties, even though this time the roar is kind of a roar of horror. And so I want to ask you, listener, what new gender norms do you think may emerge in the decade to come, in the 2020s? Let me give you a little context for inspiration on that. The Flapper Girl of the 1920s was a radical attack on traditional gender norms, and she emerged specifically out of the turmoil of World War I. Now, as we deal with the fallout of 2020 with all its medical, economic, racial, and political turmoil, I wonder what gender norm changes we will see. Will we see a new kind of rebel as punk and radical as the flapper? We've already seen recent progress toward LGBTQ rights and transgender awareness, so will that continue in an even more radical direction? Then again, we've also seen a recent conservative backlash, so is there more of that yet to come? Or will the changes of the 2020s go in an entirely different direction? What do you think, listener? You can weigh in on Facebook, where we are at History of Sex Pod. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What will the new generation coming up during this time think about gender, and how will they transform the future? That's the question. Time will tell but let's hear your thoughts. One thing is certain. Change is always scary for someone, just as it was for many Germans in the 20s 
who beheld the radical new punk femininity of the flapper. Which leads us to our final skit for today, which does have animation. Look at that girl. That's no girl. In a world where men were men and women were women, something is changing. That short hair, that dress. Is it a man? Is it a woman? What is it? Invasion of the body flappers. That body, it's straight as a board. Masculine women, feminine men. Which is the rooster? Which is the hen? It's hard to tell them apart today. This summer, terror. Dances. All right, folks, that's it for today. Short but sweet, but let us know what you think about gender norms to come in the 2020s. Join the conversation on Facebook where we are at History of Sex Pod and leave a comment on this episode's post. I want to hear your ideas and be sure to check out tomorrow's episode where I will give you some of mine. Folks, if you like what we're doing here, you can subscribe, rate, and review, and you can support us on Patreon, where $5 a month gets you a portrait drawn in the time period and culture of your choosing. I will draw you giving a big old middle finger to the year 2020, or whatever you want. I'll make you look awesome, I promise. Just go to www.patreon.com slash btnewberg. That's patreon.com slash btnewberg. All right, everybody, I'm B.T. Newberg, and this is the History of Sex. I will see you folks tomorrow in the year 2021. Podcast theme music mixed from tracks by Kevin McLeod. For additional credits, references, photos, and more, see our website at www.historyofsexpod.com.